Hey guys, I'm Garrett. And I'm Jason, and welcome to the Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, get ready for the truth. Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Jason. And my name is Garrett. And it's about to go off up in here. We're fixing to go uh, into a reviewing Romans episode. Um, so, Garrett, how's your week been so far? Uh, it's been good. Uh, starting to get a little stressful. I start school tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about, how, that, how, the, how the nerves starting to kick up. Uh, you got it, brother. You got it. Ain't no, ain't no problem. Ain't nothing but a chicken wing, as they say. Uh, <laughs> we started, you know, we started back to work. Uh, yeah, we got, we got two weeks without kids, and which means my room is looking good because <laughs> that's all we've been doing is decorating and getting ready. So it'll be a, it'll be an interesting year. Yeah, with uh, plastic dividers and mask and no water fountains and hybrid schedules it's gonna be crazy yeah i don't know i don't know what it's gonna look like but god's sovereign so he knows what it's gonna look like so yeah. he ordained it so i guess it's gonna be whatever he wants it to be right amen so uh we text right before the day before the messages i was starting to get them ready I, it was actually a few days before wasn't it when I was getting the message ready, and I yeah. said, well, looks like the next three Sundays is going to be a one-verse Sunday per, because it was amazing. I just started reading through, um, and there was just no way I could set, I could put them all together. Uh, I felt like I was not going to be doing justice to the verses. Yeah. And uh, so verse 17, uh, Romans 6, verse 17, uh, now hear the infallible word of God. I'll go ahead and read it, and then we'll kind of discuss. Romans six seventeen. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And we ask that God sanctify everyone by his truth. His word is truth, and that uh, he blesses us all with more revelation knowledge of what his word says about himself. Um, so first things first, the question I always ask you to catch you off guard. What's your overall nope. thought? Oh, you ain't off guard this time. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm always off guard. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's your first thoughts, you know, kind of feelings about the, about the sermon overall? Yeah. When we were talking about you, you know, you were talking about, it's going to be one verse for the next couple of Sundays or whatever. And then as we went through it, I was just so surprised at how much could come from one verse. Yeah. And I, th I think what it's taught me, especially expositing Romans, especially because I look at Romans as kind of Paul's like masterpiece. Yeah. There's so much doctrine. There's so much knowledge. He covers the gospel so well. He covers so many things that are so important, so well to our faith that Paul is a master 
at taking one phrase, one sentence and packing as much into it as he can. Yeah. And I think he, he generally, what he'll do is he'll pack a bunch into one, one verse and then he'll expand it for the next few verses. But to me, this verse, especially, I was like, there's so many pieces of this that are so important. Um, and just as like, as I was looking at it, Paul uses, you know, of course there's some translations that call it servant. It's not servant. It was slave. It was bond servant. It was, it was a slave situation. So I started looking at it and I was reading, uh, uh, Martin Lloyd Jones's, uh, series on it. And he was talking to, he was talking about it and, you know, talking really about how if we're a human being, if we're alive, we're a slave to something. Yeah. You're going to be in slavery to something, no matter how free you think you are. We could even look at the atheist who says they're not a slave to anything, right? Well, we know they're a slave to sin, but they're also a slave to their own mind, to their own disbelief or hatred of God. You know, there's a slavery there. And I think to me, it was kind of sobering uh, to look at it that way. You know, I'm a libertarian, you know, very libertarian politically. I'm a big believer in, you know, first, second amendment, you know, the ones that give us the freedoms to do the things that we do, you know, freedom of speech, uh, freedom to bear arms. I'm, I'm a big believer in those things. But as I look at it and then I start looking at, okay, no matter how libertarian I am in my beliefs about, political things or rights that I think I have, I am always a slave to something. Right. And I always have been, you know, and, and the main thing that we could look at is definitely you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to obedience. Like we talked about last, you know, reviewing Romans and, and the last sermon. Yeah. So as we, you know, as I kind of went into it, you know, Paul, Paul understood that but he didn't just understand it. He embraced it and made it a title of honor. You know, as he would introduce himself a lot of times in some of his other epistles, Paul, a bond servant of Christ or Paul, a slave to Christ. You know, he, he embraced that, that state of slavery in a way that I don't think we do in the modern church at all. Yeah. Uh, I guess because there's been given such a, even though it is something, I guess it's been in a way given a bad rap for the slavery that went on yeah, and in America and yeah, everything. And, Across the world. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And not really to this point of view yeah. that we're about to talk about yeah. and we, what we've been talking about. Yeah. That is, this is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You see slave and you think evil. And, right. And, and you should think it of those times of people owning other people. Yeah. It was an awful time. Um, you know, the slave trade began in Africa with Africans owning Africans and selling Africans and then shipping Africans over to the United States. You know, it, it was in the, it was in England and we were, and in fact, you know, we never should have started it in this country, but 
we were the first to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, but it's still, it was an evil practice. But like you said, you take, you take your perspective on slavery and instantly you want to rewrite the scripture or avoid those verses. And we don't do that. You know, right. I I taught, I, I, I made a post the other day of a quote, basically if, if you don't agree with the Bible, you're the one that's wrong. That's true. That's it. it, it, That's, that's what the truth is. So this verse talks a lot about slavery. um, But I think the way that Paul breaks this thing down is what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to look at, he's wanting to look at that change, that transition from one slave slave owner to the next. Right. So a lot of this is for the the Christian, the one who is in Christ. Um, It can be helpful to those who aren't in Christ as well, just to see the change that happens and the, and the glory of it. um, And what brings about the change, you know, but the, the kind of uh, thing I wanted to, that I started with a little bit is that, just that kind of mind picture that we can paint. It's as if we belong to one of those slave owners back in the day who beat their slaves, uh, worked them to death, starved them, wouldn't give them water when they were blazing hot. There was no bed to sleep on. They had to sleep on a cold floor, you know, and, and, and the, the, the slave could never work hard enough to please the master. Always wanted more, always pushed harder beat harder then it's as if a new master comes into town and he pays a price to purchase that slave and cleans the wounds uh gives cold water to drink uh and a warm bed and and he and and then it's as if and see that's enough to make any slave much more happy but then he says well you know what I want to make you an adopted son instead and says that he's pleased with us, not because of what we've done, but, but because of the work he's done himself through Christ and that all he desires of us is that we would take what he's written in his book and, and try and trust in it and, and, and do it as best we can and, and to live a life of holiness. And that's all he's asking. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big difference. That's a big change that we would go through. Um, it's been done for us. And it's, I mean, that, that description is not just a, you know, a little, you know, far-fetched story. That is the picture that Paul paints for us. He, and he does a good job. Also, he, I mean, he, he even speaks of it in, uh, first Corinthians, uh, six and he goes you know he he does uh first corinthians 6 19 through 20 it says or do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have from god you are not your own for you were bought with a price so so glorify god in your body now the 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 previous verses are talking about sexual immorality and how it defiles the body and that he wants us living in holiness. Absolutely. 
but the phrases that I focus on here are, you are not your own. Right. And then the big phrase is, for you were bought with a price. And what a great price we've been purchased with. The blood of Christ shed on Calvary. That is an unbelievably high price that's been paid for us. You know, and, and because of that, we need to look at what Paul's writing in these verses because he breaks down some very important points about the slavery that we now are in to Christ. Yeah, and going back to that verse, you know, there at the end, and it says, so glorify God in, in your, your body. body. Yep. And that points to holiness, right? Right, right. Exactly. It, it points straight to holiness. Um, you know, and I think that's something that's really been kind of <clears throat> pushing to the forefront. You know, the sermon that I actually preached tonight for our Back to Basics uh, sermon online, uh, it, you know, it was about Christ's intercession for us who are in Christ. And, you know, it, it pulls us to a life of holiness. All of these things that are done for us and done in us bring us to God's will, which is to be presented pure and holy before the living God. So, yeah, you're right. Um, but as we break this verse down about our slavery, uh, first, first few words of this say to me, okay, this is an important verse. When you start a verse out, but thanks be to God. <laughs> I mean, that's something serious. Yeah. We need to listen to what comes after, right? And in saying that, I pulled this from it. Our slavery to Christ needs to be a slavery full of thankfulness. The yep. new state that we're in we should be so thankful that we're in that state that we have gone from one slave or one slave master to a brand new slave master. Um, why may, one of the main reasons is because we've been delivered from the old master sin it, and <laughs> it was a, an awful slave master. Um, Calvin in his uh, commentary on it. And I actually said that in, in the uh, sermon, I want to, I try to give the commentators their due. I don't want to pull things from a commentator and not give them their due. I think we do that too much, uh, too much from the pulpit and it's almost like plagiarism. So I try to give the commentator their due. So this is from Calvin. Right. I paraphrased it. I didn't exact quote it, but I still wanted to give him the credit. Um, we should be thankful that we don't get what we have actually earned through our works, but instead, have received God's great mercy. Yeah. We received a mercy that is unbelievable. And thanks be to God that we don't get what we deserve. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. What we deserve was the wrath of God for all eternity in hell. That's what we deserved, but we don't get that. Thanks to God's mercy. Um, First Chronicles uh, 1634 was a verse I used there. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good 
for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, steadfast love is also translated mercy. I was reading, yeah. me and Casey have started getting up at five each morning and going to the kitchen together, reading scripture, reading a devotional, doing that. I've, I've got the mornings with Spurgeon, and he started talking about steadfast love and the fact that like it is always a fresh new one. There's just when you think you've got all the mercy that God can offer, he gives you more. And it, it was, I thought it was so awesome. And what that does is that continuing mercy, more powerful mercy, more mercy, more mercy, more mercy breeds more thankfulness or it should yeah. in the Christian. It should. Yeah. And you know, the, we've received such great mercy and to describe that mercy, you know, we described the path from the evil slave master to our new slave master. But let's look at this too. The slavery that we were in to sin, um, it wasn't just some injustice done to us. We were willing participants in that. Yeah. We loved wickedness and sin. We enjoyed sin. We deserved everlasting, the everlasting wrath of God, yet he still came and bought us. That's a mercy that's, there's no comparison on this earth. No. Mercy. But thanks be to God. Yeah. And then Calvin also went a little further and he said, now we now through thankfulness see more and more of God's kindness and this leads us to no longer love the old sin, but to hate sin. So we don't love that old master anymore because we see this new master. We're so thankful. We see more of his kindnesses each day. God's mercies are new every morning, right? So yep. we see more of his kindness every day. And because of that, we hate the old sin. Or we should. Yeah. And we want to kill it. Yep. Um, He's brought us from a place of torture to peace. Peace with God. And, and I think that Christ, Christians are not thankful enough to God out loud. I think we should be thankful to God out loud more often. Not just thank you for this food. Like, thank you for what you have done for us. You have changed everything, you know? Right. So then I started looking at the, another phrase that kind of stuck out to me. And I know it's kind of a, a skip around, but I think the way we do these things is we build based on the order of it. Not necessarily the order it was written, but we kind of look at like phrases and, okay, what does this phrase lead us to? The phrase from the heart. It talks about that we have become obedient from the heart, but that from the heart kind of stood out to me. Um, see, our penance and turning to Christ is a heart thing completely. Um, one of the main things we know is that the old heart of stone could never have repented and turned to God. We had to, we had to have a new heart. Right. We've been given a new heart. Um. And I've never been taught the heart the way that I learned it from Martin Lloyd Jones's commentary. 
the heart is not just the emotions or how you feel. It's your whole personality, which makes up who you are. Um, I think to twist scripture, sometimes we're, we're taught that we're uh, a three-part being, right? We're a three-part yeah. being. We're a spirit with a soul living in a body, right? We were taught that with right. circles that join together. <laughs> and I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it taught by Miles Monroe and many other of the word of faith, prosperity guys. Kenny Copenhagen. Oh, Kenny Cope. Uh, but it's not true because the heart is that personality that makes up who we are. And that personality who makes up who we are lives in this body. Yeah. That's why when God talks about taking the heart of stone out, and replaced with a heart of flesh. That's why everything changes when that happens. Yeah, because you can say in your, what we consider our mind, to say, okay, well, that makes sense. The Bible makes sense, but I don't feel anything. Yeah. I don't, nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. Because so, it's not from the mind. Yeah. It, it but, it, but, but we do need to know that the heart is actually made up of the mind, the, mind, the emotions right. and the yeah. will all together, which makes up our personality, which is right. what we need. We need it to be brand new because like you said, I can think something's okay, but if my will isn't conformed to the will of Christ, if my heart, there's no emotional appeal inside me, I know yeah. we we stray away from the emotional side on the as a, as a reformed people. Yeah, we do, but there must be an emotional connection. I think one of the pastors who gets that the most is probably John Piper. That there does need to be yeah. an emotional joy in Christ. That we need to feel it. We don't need to be just stones. The stone <laughs> art was done away with, right? We need a heart of flesh. Yeah, but they're all active in conversion. That's why we cry. Well, you know, that's, that's why we begin our, our mind, you know, it, it's the first, I think it's probably the first step if it, just in my thought process of how God conforms the heart, you know, and, and gives us a new one. The mind begins to kind of understand intellectually what the word of God says, you know, uh, that, you know, the gospel basically. Right. And you know, and then as we continue to conform, we do what Second Timothy 2.15 tells us. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That is a mind process, but that is a heart process. Because the heart is where we believe. And the mind is necessary for that. Yep. Next, I think our emotions also come to Christ. <clears throat> um, we're not driven by the situations you know more self-controlled yeah we become more self-controlled we don't lose our stuff all the time you know uh, it, yeah. <laughs> we can come into a conversation have a decent conversation without being driven by our emotions to say something stupid and har harm somebody's heart or you know uh, we, we are able to love our neighbor more with the yep. true love you know yeah, I think, and, and, and honestly, we, the, per, the person we have to thank for that in the Trinity is the Holy Spirit because he's living in us doing those things. 
And then you look at um, the will. Our will becomes subject to God's will. And that's what Jesus prayed in the garden, right? Yep. As he was praying and he said, if it, if it, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He was conformed to God's will. Um, we're taught against that in the word of faith. Of course, if you say, if it be your will at the end of a prayer, you're not in faith. Well, I beg to differ. I think the best way to be in faith is to say, God, if it's your will, because we know that right. he's in control. I have my faith in the right thing in, in the control of God, you know, you ain't calling them angels to bring you money. And no, not today. Anyway, calling down angels to go your way. No, man, ain't, we, we don't do angel worship here. Like they did in the old days. Sorry, I don't know why it made me think of that. <laughs> I can see. Who was it? Uh, was it Hagen? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Hagen was a big one in it. And then you got uh, the the guy who said that he walked up to this angel and he realized it was the name of a financial company and it was the angel wanting to get, help his finance. No. You need to ask that demon who is Lord and it will tell you right. that it ain't Jesus, it's you or that it's Satan. So get it out. Okay. <laughs> Don't trust no angel saying my name is uh, bank of America. No, it's not. Okay. They don't have that kind of name, but well, he probably said it really fast as one word. My name is <laughs> that sounds like a financial company. You're here for my finances. Okay, sure. Whatever, bro. Sounds good. <laughs> Worship me, yeah. you know? Right. And it, 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 we, we should, people should be more cautious about this stuff. Guys, y'all should discern and listen. Okay. The word of God is clear. We do not bow to angels. We do not seek angels. We seek Christ. We cling to Christ, not angels. Okay. That's our side note for the day. Now back to our story. We, uh, we now join your regularly, regularly scheduled program already in progress. Uh, so we conform to God's will and because of that, like our entire personality, who we are really does change when we get a new heart because yep. that heart is that personality within us that changes. You know, you're still Garrett. I'm still Jason, but there's a change in who we are. Yeah. And then the next phrase I looked at, I thought was very, very awesome phrase. One that we, we enjoy quite thoroughly. I'm sure because of our heart for the word of God and that it is what sanctifies us and it is sufficient and inerrant and infallible and inspired to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And what is that standard of teaching? The gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep. That's it. That's what it is. And what, what Paul is saying here is that, it's not that we have committed ourselves to the Bible, although that's what we do as Christians, right? We commit ourselves to reading and studying and showing ourselves approved. What he's saying is this is the standard of teaching that you were committed to. Like 
we gave you this teaching and committed you to it, knowing that yeah. it would be the thing that changed your life. And it's very simple. And it goes like this. And we, we've, we've all got to get better at gospel presentations. You know, that's something that I'm very passionate about now. I need, I'm doing my best to hone my gospel presentation more and more each day. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for over five years. I've given a lot of them, but now I'm so focused on giving a proper gospel presentation with every message with, with, with my, with the people I come in contact with that may not know Christ. First, we have to see that there is a God of the universe. That God, of course, we know exists one essence, three persons, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit forever co-equal forever co-eternal forever together forever in forever in fellowship and love with each other. That's the first step. Next step is we got to see that we are sinful. What tells us that we're sinful? The law, the law. Can't be like, Oh, uh, Ike Clanton law. Don't go around here. Law dog. You can't be like, yeah, because the law points us to our sinfulness. Oh, Todd white. He said it best. Yeah. Good people don't need Jesus. Right. We need to see that we're sinful. And then we need to understand that our sin offends a holy God. You know, I gave the example of Isaiah chapter six when Isaiah came into the presence of God and, and God's train filled the temple and there were angels flying around and they were saying, holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah's reaction wasn't, oh, cool. This is so cool. I wish I had my iPhone so I could take a picture of this, right? That wasn't his reaction at all. His reaction was, I am sinful. I'm just awful. Yeah. And he realized his sin offended a holy God that he was in the presence of. And then we need to understand that if God is holy and we are sinful, that our sinful ways must be punished by a holy God. Otherwise, he's yep. not just. He can't be merciful unless he's just. Yep. If he's not just, there's no need for mercy. Right? Yeah. That makes crooked. sense. Yeah. We, I, we focus so much on the goodness and the kindness and the mercy. We don't focus on the justice and the wrathfulness and his uprightness and righteousness enough. Right. But we've got to have those things in order to have the goodness, the kindness and the mercy. And then we begin to realize that we need a savior, right? And we realize that we're not him. Can't save myself. We come to the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we see that, we need Christ and cannot save ourselves. And at that point, we begin to understand the pivotal doctrine of the church, which is justification by faith. Faith alone. It's the pivotal doctrine. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. According to scripture, all for the glory of God alone. Well, I, that's the five solas, ain't it? <laughs> I'm a doggone. Is that what that is? Yeah. So, so Gloria is what my shirt says. It's backwards, but it says it. Um, to me, it's backwards. Well, it, looks, it looks right on here. 
It looks backwards to me. It would probably look right to you guys on YouTube if you watch it. But that's a pivotal doctrine of the church. It caused the Reformation. Of course, we know that. Uh, the, yep. the, the, the thesis that was hammered to the door of the church, it was all because of that. And that's a pivotal yep. doctrine. We don't have Christ. We don't, we don't, we're not in Christ. We're not born again if we don't understand that doctrine. Um, that's the standard of teaching that they were committed to. That's it. Yeah. Now we have that standard of teaching in front of us on paper that we can turn to at any time. We can pull up our phone at any time and look at it. I mean, we got to understand that's a, that's an amazing thing. And what follows after these things, after we, after we realize that we need to be the most thankful people that we realize that, um, that, you know, that there's, I mean, got to be a heart change and it must be fully committed to Christ. And that, that we see that, that the standard of teaching is not something that we just intellectually believe, but that we're committed to it. That's what brings us to Christ. And then now that's what we commit ourselves to in study. What follows after that is very simply obedience. Yeah. We've become obedient. And, you know, if we're not a slave to sin anymore, we're a slave to obedience. And we need to see obedient to what? I always think of everything in a Trinitarian way. Um, I think I, I think I can thank Dr. White for that, really, because he's <laughs> he show he's shown so much about the Trinity to me. I've learned a lot about the Trinity for him. But yeah, the Forgotten Trinity was a really good book. Yep, I'm still studying it. The God who is so merciful to save sinners is someone that we should be obedient to. The Holy Spirit, which is at work in our minds, showing us more of who God is. He's at work in our emotions, bringing us peace that passes understanding. He's at work in our will, conforming it to the will of the Father. We should be obedient to him. Yeah. To Christ, who has paid the ultimate price. We have been bought with such a great price. We should be obedient to Christ. And then the standard of teaching. And that's the word of God. Because it John 17, 17 is right. What What is that verse? I don't know that one. Sanctify the mighty truth, the word of truth. <laughs> I know it. I pray it all the time. Yeah. And it, you guys know it begins every podcast. Um, but, you know, he's... The Bible points us to a life that is obedient and pointing to holiness and living a life that is just a little different than yeah. others may think is the right way and, and pushing towards a hope that is unbelievable. And it, it, it does begin with obedience. Yeah, and the only way we can do it is if there is a heart change. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit living in us. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You're right. And, you know, First Peter 1, 22 and 23 says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. 
since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. It's very clear. Yeah. The born again process does not happen without the word of God. Yeah. How can they believe if there's not a preacher? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All of these things point to the absolute necessity of the Bible, the inspired word of God. Yep. So obedience isn't just an optional way to live after salvation. And it's also not a life of robotics or puppetry where you're, you know, being pushed around and moved around and, Obedience is a lifestyle that we begin to live after we're justified in Christ because justification and sanctification are hand in hand. One does not exist without the other. If there's no sanctification process going on in your life, you probably are not justified and you need to repent and believe the gospel. The one who has been justified will be obedient to God and love holiness it's just how justification works. You know, God begins in through the Holy spirit to sanctify us after we're justified. And then we can look to that great verse of assurance, right? Philippians one, six. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What's the day of Jesus Christ? The day we see him face to face, whether it be, meeting him in the air or when we die and the next thing our eyes see is his face. We will be complete at that moment. He finishes the works. He starts. He's not a halfway savior. He's not a halfway God. Right. So to me, this sermon brought me such peace, honestly, and assurance. Yeah. Yep. To know that my master's changed and he's not going to throw me away. It's beautiful. And it's, it's the truth. It's the truth of the word of God. So, yeah. So that was, that was that. Um, very enjoyable sermon to preach. I enjoyed it. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it that listened. Um, we are at small town pilgrims. We're always working to improve our podcast. So we're trying to be able to extract the sermon audio and add it. It's not as easy as it looks or it sounds, but we're trying. Okay. So y'all be patient with us until then use that YouTube link in the show notes, go watch it on YouTube and uh, James, James white, (laughs) not doctor, the other James white. He's like the other white meat. He's the other white James. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, look, if, if Jesse can figure out how to use YouTube and watch a video, you can, you can figure out how to use YouTube and watch a video. Okay. <laughs> Click the link. It works. If Jesse can do it, you can do it. I mean, this guy ain't even working with 10 fingers. Okay. And he can do it. 
<laughs> and let's not even get started on his phone. He's got an Android phone, which the as we know. biggest one I've seen. Yeah. And I can't use it. I don't – he's handed him, here you go. What do you want me to do with this, Jesse? I don't even know how to unlock this stupid thing. Is it this a got, brick for the riots? What is it? So, you know, I mean, you want me to bust my truck window out with it? I mean, I don't know what you want me to do with this thing. So, but we're all praying for Jesse that he'll get saved from that Android uh, fixation. Uh, yep, Bill Gates, 666. Exactly. It may have become an idol in his life, a graven yeah. image. Mm. Uh, he needs to stop bowing down to the Android and start using a completely reformed iPhone like we do. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I mean, I've even got my, uh, you know, my reformed Sage screensaver. Go mm. see reformed Sage for all your screensaver needs. I love reformed Sage. I just got some wooden bookmarks and, Stuff from him, he's awesome. Um, but God bless Jesse with his own hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for you reformed or non reformed who are listening, that's a country song reference. <laughs> yeah. It's usually God bless Texas. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a uh, Good old Jesse. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Lord help him. Yeah, it's coming up about time for another little uh, episode from questions from Jesse. Yeah, a and a with Jesse episode. Yeah, I'll get, yep. him, I'll get him started. <laughs> and then I'll edit it so we can actually answer a question, okay? Right. <laughs> Why is everybody so stupid? <laughs> yeah, we ain't answering that, Jesse. <laughs> Take another one. Pick another one, Jesse. Say, so, when's Jesus coming back? <laughs> he already came back. <laughs> he he did after he rose from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> little little tip of the tip of the drink to our post millennialism, I guess. Um, all right. So. You got anything else? I wish there was a garbage can out there and you just hit it. Yeah, there wasn't. There's was a floor. Yeah. Um, for those not watching on YouTube, <laughs> after you finish the podcast, go watch it on YouTube so you can see what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, also, uh, I, I did want to talk just uh, really quickly about. John MacArthur, I've seen people on our side attack him for what they did Sunday. They went to court and were told they could meet as long as they wore masks or as, as long as, you know, they wore masks and socially distanced and did those things. They said, okay, well, about by that order. Well, the state of California got upset about that went and had it appealed and said that they couldn't meet inside. They had to meet outside. Well, they said, okay, we'll meet outside. We'll wear masks and socially distance. Well, then California was upset about that and told them, no, 
you know, they were going to be able to meet. Then they were going to have to meet outside. And California said, we just don't want you to meet. So they pulled that order back. So what did they do? They went inside and they met and they had church. Why? Yep. Because California proved that they just don't want churches to meet. Yep. And a lot of, and there's been some people on our side who have attacked John MacArthur for that. John MacArthur is a man of God who stood up and is standing up for the church right now. And we should all pray for him. Yep. And Absolutely. And I think they made the right decision. Just like we made the right decision when we had some issues and we decided to close down again for a month to get those issues settled. There was a few people who tested yep. positive in our church and then they found, you know, they got over it and nobody else tested positive. So we decided we could come back in. Okay. Yep. That, that was loving, loving our neighbor and keeping everybody safe. And that, and John MacArthur does not have this huge mass of people sick. Right. Um, the number six don't go. Yeah. And you see, we, we shouldn't be attacking John MacArthur. And I've even seen somebody attack him saying, uh, he's not reformed. He's not this, that, this, that, this. Okay. Calm. He's a man of God. He was, he, he was very helpful to both you and I in our reformation of our own hearts. Do we agree with him on everything? No, absolutely not. We don't, but he's a brother in Christ and he's making the right decision here and it's his church and we want to support him and pray for him. So just yeah. want to bring that up. You know, we stand with Johnny Mac. That's what we call him. We're on that kind of name basis with him. Johnny Mac. <laughs> so. Anything else you want to add? Nope. I think I'm good. All right. Well, we uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, join us uh, for the next episode. We may do a Q&A with Jesse. If, uh, if we can handle the outcry, I mean, you guys are like screaming for Jesse. We hear his name chanted in our, you know, in our heads constantly. <laughs> Seems like everybody wants their Jesse, I guess. I don't know. But um, we hope that uh, you enjoyed this episode and got something out of it. Uh, tune in for the next episode. Uh, Share this episode with somebody if you think it'll help them. Um, yep. God bless you guys, and we will see you next time. If you love what you hear, like, subscribe, and give us a rating. Also, share this episode with your friends. Keep up with all that Small Town Pilgrims is doing on social media. Like us on Facebook at Small Town Pilgrims. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Small Town Pilgrims. What a coincidence that they're the same. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or suggestions, get your own podcast. <laughs> or email us at smalltownpilgrims at gmail.com. And now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>